0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The
1: LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCA. Tracy Porter talking about the One team
0: the New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And it's a Mardi Gras
1: about to break out. Talk here. about my thanks To the twenty. guys touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show.
0: Listen, uh, I didn't think we played very well up
2: front, and really at any position offensively, I'm being
0: honest. I thought Mike played well, but situationally, we fumbled the ball. We turned it over. You know, we did a lot of things that keep you from winning games, and they'll keep, keep us from winning when we play better competition. The thoughts of one Sean Payton as the Saints got a win yesterday over the New York Jets. It was not pretty. It was ugly. There was a lot of bad. But, hey, the Saints got out, got out with the victory. That's all that matters. But that's two straight weeks of games where you didn't look great. Had a lot of mistakes and issues against Atlanta and a lot of stuff yesterday against the Jets.
2: That's how they going out and getting wins in the last couple of weeks. The thing that you need to see more than anything, obviously, is to play some cleaner football. Yes.
0: And, and look, again, I think part of that yesterday is the Jets are, are a good team. I know the record doesn't reflect it, but they've been very... A well-coached team. Yeah, they've been very competitive throughout the year. Their defense has been really good, and I kept saying that. Even when, when we were saying it last week, oh, Bryce Petty's announces as a starter. This will be an easy one. I kept saying, let's wait here. I mean, their defense is still really good. Jamal Adams, it's been a hell of a draft pick for them. He's had a nice year, and thank God they were without Mohamed Wilkerson with the drama going yeah. down there because, I mean, he would have been in the backfield all day, so... You know, look, you, you overcame adversity, you found a way to get the win, and now it sets up a big win against the Falcons coming this Saturday, or this Sunday, and uh, you know, Falcons still have to play a game tonight. They're playing the Bucks In Tampa, right? Yep. Go Jameis
2: Winston. Yeah.
0: So anyway, uh, we'll, we'll watch that one tonight, but it'll be a little bit of a shorter week for the Falcons coming on the road to the Superdome. Won't be easy for them, so uh,
2: you know, hey. We, we talked about it when they played the Falcons, just what last week? Um, this is a this is the game you're supposed to win at home, right? You're supposed to win this one. You expected the split, so my thoughts are not going to change, even though the Saints didn't play the world's cleanest game yesterday against the uh, against the New York Jets.
0: Yeah, so they uh, again, the Saints control their own destiny. You went out, you lock up the the NFC South. And a top four seed in in the playoff seedings. Now, the question here is with the Rams. The Rams ended up winning yesterday. I mean, it's amazing. These teams just keep finding ways to win. They beat the crap they out of Seattle. Bitch slapped them early too. I mean, it was like it was over fast. And I kept saying, I said, you know, the Rams of any of these teams had the hardest remaining schedule, going to Seattle, to Tennessee, and then home for the Niners to finish off the season. So. They whipped the crap out of Seattle yesterday. Todd, and they
2: didn't even do it with the run. I mean, they did it with the run, not necessarily the pass. Yeah,
0: Todd Gurley was incredible yesterday, and he started to look more like the guy he was supposed to be. He was, you know, a little bit of a disappointment. He was still productive the past couple of years. Last year uh, he the was Rams, kind of bad. But, yeah, but he just, he he hasn't been that stud. But this season he's that stud back. He really is having an outstanding season.
2: So, um it, hell, they scored, what was it? uh thirty-four points in the first half. They're up thirty-four to nothing at halftime on the Seahawks.
0: So let's just look at it. Their remaining two games. They got go to go two Tennessee. That was in Seattle. They got to go to Tennessee this weekend and then they finish with the Niners. Did you catch the end of that Niners Titans game? I did. The Titans could they go right forward. down That's the field. The most they set ugh. up and I thought it was so funny. James Lofton, the color analyst, says that they dump it off, I think it was on second down to Delaney Walker and he gets out of bounds, and James Lofton goes. You know that wasn't really smart there, the Titans. If I'm them, if I'm Delaney Walker, I catch the ball and go down in bounds and let that clock keep running because it was right at a minute. Yeah. And so they end up whatever they they kick they end up kicking the field goal, long they field goal. Play, they yeah. make it to take the lead. And then I kept saying in my head, I'm like, Garoppolo has not lost a game since he hasn't lost a game he started in the NFL. Obviously with the with the. Patriots what was
2: the second start with the with the Niners? With the nine. No, I think it was third. Is it third? Yeah. Yeah, because it they won right straight. Yeah.
0: So he takes the team. And I mean, like, like like you're watching a, a seven on seven drill. Takes the team right down the field, gets in the field goal range, and they kick the game winner. So the Niners are undefeated under Garoppolo. So that by no means is an easy an easy one for the Rams to finish off the season. So I'm saying the likelihood is there's a good chance. The Rams could split these final two games at Tennessee. It's a tough, hostile
2: atmosphere. Tennessee still will still alive in the not playoff hunt. Lose to the Titans. Go watch the Titans. That team is really bad. I mean, I, they, yeah, they're, t- they're they're what eight and six or whatever. They're still alive in the playoff hunt, but they have played really bad football. Marcus Mariota has been kind of eh. Their defense has been eh, and they cannot run the ball at all. Demarco Murray's hit that. I'm done. Look. And um, Derrick Henry sucks.
0: I'm just saying between that and then the the last one with the Niners with Garoppolo,
2: they could lose one of those. It's two. the Niners one that's more likely. And trust me, that that Titans team's not good. They're beyond beatable, and you should honestly bitch slap them.
0: So let's just say they split those two. That puts them at eleven and five. If the Saints can win these last two, that puts them at twelve and four, and that puts them ahead of the Rams. That's the three seats. Anyway. I say all this to say where would you want – if you're the Saints, would you rather be the three seed or would you rather be the four seed? It means you're hosting at home, and the likelihood is it's going to be either Carolina or Atlanta most likely. (laughs) You're know, you going to host one of them in the first round. And then if you win that one, if you're the three seed, you're going on the road to Minnesota. If you're the four seed, you're going on the road to Philadelphia. In the second round. In the second round.
2: Yeah. I think in round one, just based off what we... Now, I just, we have to see what they do against the Falcons. Right, the we only one. have one, one sample. Right now, ball. I'd say I want to see Carolina in the first round. Even though Carolina's playing good football, we know that the Saints have handled them. See, but then I can make an argument for, yeah, the
0: Saints lost to the Falcons, but they had 11 penalties, they shot right. themselves in the foot, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, they still had a chance for the game-winner, and Drew Brees just made a mistake and throws an interception. So, you know, again, I, I'm not scared of either team. I'm not scared to play the Panthers or the Falcons... But there is that thing in the back of your head where you go, hard to beat a team 3 times in one season. You can't look
2: past either of the teams because look, no matter what, as long as you win the division, you play the home playoff game, you're playing one of those teams in the in, in the wild card round, you're going to be expected to win and be the favorite to win. Whatever gets me in the scenario personally that I'm playing the Eagles instead of the Vikings, that's the one I personally want. I don't know how I mean I think it's either way. It's tough. You're going on the road, and both teams are incredible. But the team that's been playing the backup, well, they've both been playing backups. But this team's playing the backup less and or has less experience this season with it than the one that, that that's in Minnesota. That one scares me. Speaking of uh, Carolina,
0: the uh, the Panthers. You, you saw the reports have come out in recent weeks, right, with their owner?
2: Yeah, that's been a... Uh, about maybe some sexual these assault days, uh, or sexual harassment charges or whatever. One of these days I'm going to go on the internet and actually enjoy going on the internet again.
0: <laughs> it was no surprise that he announced he is uh, selling the team. Panthers are up for sale. So Carolina Panthers, uh, it sounds like, will be on the, the selling block. As Jerry Richardson has announced, uh, he's,
2: uh, he's going to sell them. He's not going to take the Donald Sterling route and uh, be forced to sell. He's no. just going to go ahead and voluntarily sell.
0: But one of the people who stepped up y- yesterday on social media, last
2: night, is one P. Diddy. Is it now, hold up, is it P. Diddy now? Or whatever he goes by. Well, I heard he changed it again. The artist formerly known as Puff Daddy. He's Sean Combs, of course is his first name. He took the social Puffy, media and said, I
0: would like to buy the Panthers, spread the word, and retweet this. Uh, and then made the case there are no majority African American NFL owners. Let's make history. Well, blah, here's blah, the blah.
2: issue. Diddy. According to the internet, your net worth is 820 million dollars, which is unbelievable. I would doubt that you're going to be able to put all of your money, only hit 820 million dollars that, that that the internet tells me you have, into the into that team. It would I just. I just it get would the feeling bottom it, them out, right? If yeah, he yeah, were to I get the feeling that you don't have enough money to do it. That's just my sense.
0: Well, here's the other thing. Somebody said, they. Uh, I saw somebody tweet it. They said, Diddy made a video about this. They said, first off, he got the name of the team wrong. What do he call them? I don't know. I'm, I was trying to find the video. I couldn't Damn find it. it. I think it was deleted. But another one of the things he said.
2: I would are, like to buy the Panthers. Yeah, that's a great tweet.
0: Another one of the things he said is that uh, Diddy said the priority number two two on the list is who will be the halftime performances they said if you're the owner that cannot be priority number two on your list of things <laughs> to get done the other one he said was he was going to give colin kaepernick a chance to be the <laughs> starting quarterback it was
2: like do you have already, cam newton you already have a franchise quarterback you have cam newton ding dong yeah so oh, oh, man anyway oh instagram i think i found it gordy is that what it was yeah well either way it, uh, oh yeah go to his instagram page right now pull it up here you have the uh, the audio. Yeah, it's just just go to Diddy Instagram. Pull up Diddy Instagram. and You can just go ahead and play. It's a it's a minute long. Um, is it clean? No. Let's just try it out. Dave, be ready. <laughs> I mean, I, uh... I. would assume it is. It's on his Instagram. He's talking about. Is it the one with him and Jay Z? No. Oh, I'm Jesus, t- hold on. I'll find yeah, it. Yeah, you need to find the link because
0: that's the that's his Instagram page and that's got the Better only video I'm that looking audio at. Audio too. <laughs> What's that? I so said you better preview that audio too before we play it. Um, no, we're just gonna put it out there. Okay. But Anyway, Jerry, uh, the 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 owner of the Panthers is is selling the team. P. Diddy says he wants to uh, be in on it, but uh, I don't know. Carolina's they they got a lot of people with money in the Carolinas, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see who steps up. That that's a news story. Uh, is that it? Whatever. We'll we'll check it out during the break.
2: No, I want it now. <laughs>
0: uh anyway so uh panthers get a win yesterday and and they just continue uh, it, it's amazing that they are 10 and 4 on this on the season and they've got a lot of impressive wins and luckily for the saints you're 2-0 and against them so four, two of their four losses have come at the hands of the saints and like we've talked about there's a good chance you could end up seeing them for a third time in the postseason depending on how this all this stuff shakes out here in these last couple weeks but for the Saints, if you're a Saints fan, all eyes on Tampa Bay tonight as they take on the Atlanta Falcons. You hope that the Falcons can get the win, or you hope that the uh, the, the Bucks can get the win and maybe help you out a little bit. But if the Falcons do get the win like they should, that puts them at 9-5, and five, just one game behind you in Carolina. And if they beat you next week in the Super Bowl, again, I don't even want to fathom that, but if they do, it really puts the Saints in trouble there because that means you would have an identical record as the Falcons they would have beaten you head to head two and zero, and if the Panthers win next week, they'd be t- they they would also uh, or, or no if they if, if Carolina gets a win next week and you lose, Carolina passes you in the standings even though you beat them head to head. So right,
2: you could be going on the road. <laughs> it's a wild card yeah, team. So, it's not what you want, but no. you're in the driver's seat to not be there. And guess what? You took care of business yesterday to keep yourself there. So I'm just thinking that you're probably gonna you know you're gonna do all right. You're gonna be you're gonna be fine. Yeah. I mean that's just, like I keep saying it's I know it's Christmas Eve. I know a lot of people are going to be going
0: out of town or you know you got family coming in or whatever. Make sure you're if you've got tickets to that Saints game, make sure they are going to good use. Seriously. And you know what, if somebody's got an extra ticket, let me know. I'll go with you. We'll do it right. I'll be loud. I promise to stand and yell the whole game.
2: I mean, I, I would go with you too. I mean, I'll pay get... for it. I'll pay for it if somebody has an extra zero 1280. You can invite me. I'm not going to pay
0: for it. Uh, if you, Sorry. Have, if you have two, Dave, Dave will come as well. Hell
2: yeah. Make it three. We'll all three go. You we go. Is sweet. So with a sweet. Two six zero. Twelve eighty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like I said, I will earn my ticket. I will yell and scream and, ho- and hoot and holler. I'll make you laugh with you know jokes that probably shouldn't be said in public. We'll
0: we'll make a creative twenty eight to three sign to make fun of Falcons fans. I'll we'll just do draw that. it across
2: my chest.
0: <laughs> we could go all three you could be the two i'll be the eight dave could be the three who's gonna be the dash yeah we'll figure that one out we need a short kid
2: no we need we need a woman <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um anyway so yeah we'll, we'll be talking about this game all week massive massive game but let's see what atlanta does first tonight because it uh, uh this this will this will matter division game tonight against the the bucks if they lose this one they kind of Takes a little wind out of the sails of the Falcons. So, 504 260 1280 is the number if you want to get involved with the show. We got a whole lot more we got to get into still, including 945. We'll talk a little LSU recruiting with Andrew Lopez and NOLA.com. I saw Laura Rutledge from SEC Network. She just tweeted out this morning. Couldn't be a worse year to debut the early signing period. The main reason with so many coaching changes, kids don't have time to develop the necessary relationships with new coaches. She said, I get commit to the school, not the coach, but this year is an outlier. The 2018 class, not an accurate sample. And you know what? Boo-hoo so sad. We got Coach O. Come play for him. We got, yeah. st- we got stability. Don't go to these other schools where they're just hiring people. It's uh, the Chris Gordy Show. Stay there.
2: Chris Gordy now. Duncan Holder next
1: at 10 on Sports 1280, New Orleans.
0: How you do that Death? New Orleans, Baton Rouge. How you do that there, Lafayette, Lake Charles. How you do that there, Shreveport, Mississippi. How you do that there, Alabama. Welcome back in, Chris Gordy's show here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Talking about a bunch of different stuff, but uh, last segment we were talking a little bit about Diddy and the news that the Carolina Panthers, is it the Carolina Panthers or the North Carolina
2: Panthers? Why don't we ask Diddy?
1: Okay, y'all, this is just in breaking news. The North Carolina Panthers, okay? North Carolina Panthers are up for sale. I believe it's time to turn the franchise over to new ownership. Well, I need to send a message out to everybody in the beautiful state of North Carolina. Um. I will be the best NFL owner that you can imagine.
0: <laughs> so there you go, P Diddy saying that he wants to uh that he wants to get in there and be <laughs> P. Diddy the He uh, wants
1: to
2: own the North Carolina Panthers. He, he wants to own the Panthers even though Now, he's, he's technically right that they're in the state of North Carolina, but Diddy, if you're going to go out and buy a team and try and uh, state your case in the NFL, you might want to get the actual name of the team right. Yeah.
0: They're just, just the Carolina Panthers. Just but, Carolina uh, Panthers. Yeah, how about that? Somebody hacked James Brown's James uh, Twitter ca- account
2: this morning. Apparently, tweeting out a bunch of porn tweets. Yeah.
0: Mm. Never a good, never a good Monday for that one. Nope. Especially James Brown is a preacher. I actually got to talk with him. Um, what was that? I think the He's Super lost Bowl last so much year? It's a good guy. He's a real nice guy.
2: I find that as somebody that's lost a ton of weight, I find that people ask if we're sick way more. Like, I would assume he he gets to ask that. Like, somebody asked me again the other day, like, you've lost more weight. Are you sure you're not, like, sick, sick? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I promise. I just live a healthy lifestyle when it comes to
1: food
0: now. Um, Oh, I I forgot to get to this the other day. Um, The... Uh, SI I think it was yeah Sports Illustrated did a re- they did a grading on all the off-season hires of coaches in college football of course you know it's been the big buzz in, in recent weeks and um you know all the coaching changes that are that have that have happened and they gave grades well the Texas A&M's hire of Jimbo Fisher has been met with mixed opinions in recent weeks and an opposed by Sports Illustrated's Joan Neeson, Texas A&M's hire of Jeff of uh, Jimbo Fisher the, the most they could get in a rating was five. Okay. They gave Jimbo Fisher a 2.4 rating. <laughs> Grading out each hire. They gave uh, Arizona State's hiring of Herm Edwards a two.
2: Hold on, what was Jimbo Fisher's number?
0: 2.4.
2: And you gave Herm Edwards a two. Yeah. All right, your system's flawed. You're a bunch of idiots. Well, the, the, the reason being, they, they... I don't care what your reasoning is. There's a good hire, which Jimbo Fisher actually is, no matter what the contract says... Or what the contract is, Herm Edwards is the exact opposite. That's a dumpster fire hire. Period. You're not a, you're not a fan of that one. No, I love it. I think it's going to be great for for us to listen to his press conferences and whatnot. But it's going to be an awful, awful hire.
0: I I just read over the weekend that their offensive. Remember the story that they kept the whole staff in intact. Yeah. The. Uh, their offensive coordinator just left to go be a head coach somewhere. So they, they kept uh they kept everybody intact except uh Billy Napier. He uh he just he just left. So uh Herm Edwards has has to make a little change there. Oh yeah uh I think it's ULL. Yeah. Billy Napier going to be the head coach at you at Louisiana Lafayette. Hmm. But uh so anyway, that that that's that story was just a, a I mean come on Hermit you hire Herm Edwards, you fire uh what's his face? Todd Graham. At, you know, even though he's done decently well there. I mean, the record every year. I mean, he had a decent record this year. You fire him, then you say all right, we're going to bring in Herm Edwards, but we're going to keep the whole staff intact. And then the <laughs> offense corner is like, yeah, I'm going to go take a head job
2: somewhere. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I take a head job too. What a mess though. I he love head jobs. What a mess. Herm Edwards. And again... How are they going to do with
0: this early signing period this week? I don't know. You tell me. You're the recruiting expert. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, and by the way, we'll, we'll have uh, AndrewLopezNola.com here in about f- 15 minutes. We'll talk a little bit about that. Here was the grading, uh, by the way, on how they gave the, the grades, the SI piece. Uh, they said it was, you know, splash high, splash quotient. Like, you know, was it? did it make a big splash among media, fans, whoever... Geography, stylistic fit, execution, instant impact. So, the highest can you guess who got the highest grade of all the coaching hires
2: the, the offseason? highest of all the coaching hires? Chip Kelly. Uh,
0: Scott Frost, Nebraska. Oh, you know, it's a good fit there. He's from there. Chip Kelly was right behind him. So, out of five, Scott Frost got a 4.6 out of five. Chip Kelly got a 4.4 4 out of five. So, both those guys considered to be really good hires. Uh, Willie Taggart got a four at Florida State. I don't I mean again, I guess if she's if you're putting extra emphasis on, you know, where the guy's from and ties to that area, okay, I guess it makes sense. I just I'm gonna have to see it before I can believe it and Willie Taggart being at Florida State. Um, but yeah, you you run down the list here. She's got Dan Mullen at a three point eight, Joe Moorhead at a three point eight. So, you know, a lot of these are are middle of the pack, Chad Morris a three point six. Um but yeah, you run down the list, and, and you get all almost all the way to the end, and there, there is Jimbo Fisher at a, a 2.4 out of 5. And she says, Fisher was given the biggest deal in terms of total contract value in the history of college football. So yeah, that's a splash. Former Florida State coach didn't exactly surprise anyone by the time he took the job at College Station, but between the Aggies' commitment to their program in the sense that things had gone sour in Tallahassee, the hire made sense for both sides. Fisher brings along top recruiter Tim Brewster, but the staff will be playing catch-up as Texas looks to pull in a, a deep class of insane talent. This hire didn't go off seamlessly, although it's hard to blame a and so much as Fisher, who chose silence over full disclosure and ultimately resigned before his team's regular season finale. There was the contentious radio show, the Christmas tree on the curb, and the players who were forced to hear about it all secondhand. Aggies fans and the school administration have high expectations for a team that's perennially good, but not as often great. Predecessor Kevin Sumlin became a star in his early years because of Johnny Manziel before settling into a frustrating routine of eight-win finishes, and there's no Johnny football in the wings for Fisher. Can he retool the program and recruit with the rest of AM's rivals? Sure. It's just hard to see a major jump happening right away. So, you know, she's kind of like saying what a lot of us have said. Is,
2: it's, it's a good hire. It's going to take time, though. Yeah, it's going to take time, but they went and got the guy that they wanted, so I'm not going to ever knock them for that and I still think he's a good coach and he's going to do things there. Yeah. But now is he going to do what he should to the or what they want to the highest level? I don't know. Nobody can tell you that.
0: Where uh where are we with the latest in the recruiting rankings? I need to pull that up because uh, I don't know, man. Alabama was was like you. lacking uh in recent weeks but they just put yeah, they're all the way up to 9 already in rivals. Texas is sitting right there at 4 though, man. They are they've got 14 four-star commits, a lot of them from the state of Texas. Tom Herman's I mean look it didn't go great in his first year but i I just got this feeling he's going to start to turn things around there pretty quickly he's gonna get get he's gonna recruit well feels like if he puts together top five recruiting classes every year that he's there with his offensive schemes Texas is going to start to be good in a hurry
2: you would think so that's the, I I would bet on that how about Oklahoma right up there though
0: they got a top seven recruiting class right now
2: do they really well of course
0: they do they're Oklahoma and LSU sitting there at number eleven, they've got uh, 20, 20 kids. So far. here's the problem, though: you're already you're already at twenty. Like you're gonna have five, like okay, so you got all these kids who are making their decisions pretty soon. You got Sertan still out there. You got um, uh, the the kid from oh god, I'm having a brain fart with all these all these kids' names right now. You got the Cook kid in in Houston, who's the cornerback who they're saying it's probably not going to come to LSU now. Um, Terrace Marshall is going to make his announcement this week. There's a, just a lot of those kids on the bubble right now where you, you could handcuff yourself if you're LSU. I mean, Puka Williams, the, the, the running back, if any of these kids decides to surprise you and come to LSU, your numbers start to get thin pretty quickly. And so... I don't know, man. I I don't like the the hard cap of the 25. You know, it used to be if you signed, okay, you only signed 21 last year, so now you can bring in a couple extra this year. No, they put it at a hard 25. So now you got some kids where it's like you really got to play the recruiting game where you go tell this kid, all right, this kid's a three star. We like him, but if we can get a better kid, you know, we'll tell him to hit the road. It's kind of that awkward territory that you hit. So. Uh, but I did see there was some good news yesterday. LSU added a place kicker in the form of Cole Tracy, out of Assumption College in Massachusetts. He visited Baton Rouge this weekend. He is a uh, he'll be considered a, a, a transfer, so I guess that doesn't hit your uh, I guess that doesn't hit your recruiting number. But um, for all those people, remember Coach O talking about his coach. Yeah, we got to go out there. and We got to get a kicker. Well, Tracy Cole Tracy was the 2017 Fred Mitchell Award winner, awarded to the best kicker among non-FBS schools, converted 27 to 29 field goals and 93% field goal kicking. So, Coach O saying, I'm, I'm not messing around here. For Yeah, we'll, we'll still have those other guys still on our roster, but hey, we're going to go out and bet, get one of the better kickers out there. and,
2: and go out there and get it, man. Yeah.
0: Get it. All right, let's uh, grab a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll continue the conversation, and then the uh, final segment of the hour, we'll talk a little recruiting with Andrew
2: Lopez Chris Gordy Show. Stay there. Learn what our insiders know about your home teams. Sports 1280, New Orleans.
0: Welcome back, Chris Gordy Show. Here on a Monday morning, Saints beat the Jets yesterday. Now the stage is set for a big one against the Falcons this coming weekend. And some news over the weekend as a former Saint announced he is officially hanging it up. I thought he would already kind of hung it up, but uh, Reggie Bush announces he is officially retiring from the NFL. And he looked at the he,
2: calendar and said it's December the 8th, 17th of. 2017, probably not going to play any more football. Almost over. Yeah, so Reggie Bush, nobody's called yet. Announced
0: his plans to return to New Orleans. He says, "I'm coming. To co- I'm, I'm going to come home and retire as a Saint." Look, it, when it's all said and done, Reggie had a nice career in New Orleans. The problem was he was the number two overall pick. He was the Heisman Trophy winner. Everybody just thought, "Oh my God, he is going to kill it in the NFL." And at yeah, times, at times, he had good. his moments. You know, they good in
2: college, though. I mean, that, that when was... you
0: when you go back and look at the highlight reel of the plays he made in the NFL, yeah, he's he had some really special moments. It just you never could get that consistency from him. I mean, there were those games where you know when Deuce McAllister was banged up, and he could you know the question was, can he be a featured back? And you know, there were times where he could run between the tackles. The problem is. He never wanted to do that. He always wanted to try to bounce it he outside. Been- and- he
2: would have benefited big time from what we're seeing with Kamara. Oh having yeah, having a Mark Ingram. Yeah, absolutely. He could have been a guy that could put up yards, and he put up over a thousand yards a couple times in a season. Yeah, he had some good years in Miami. He uh, just running the ball. He was just in New Orleans. He just always like as a punt returner it's too. I he always you- wanted to try to bounce it to the outside. And when and- you get that toy, like a reg- like a Reggie Bush out of the draft, like you kind of have to like like you kind of. I would assume that when you get it, you're like, how do I utilize this right?
0: Well, you know the rumor was the night the night uh, before the draft, word had leaked out of Houston that they were going with Mario Williams. Trust
2: me, I know. I and, was pissed.
0: And uh, the rumor was Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis and whoever were sitting at a restaurant and Sean Payton grabbed a cocktail napkin and started drawing up plays immediately. That's the rumor. that He started drawing up plays immediately on how looking they would use Reggie. It,
2: yeah, looking back on it for the Saints, I mean, this. Considering what was, that was the best pick to make, right. Taking Reggie number two, yeah, I mean, you weren't because taking you, you just signed Drew yeah, Brees, you weren't so taking Vince Young that
0: that offseason, though, before they signed Breeze, I was sold on. I wanted Leinert, like that's who I wanted. And they and I remember the day the Saints brought him in Checking for a down workout. Weak arm Leinart. I remember the Saints the day the Saints brought him in for a workout. A buddy of mine telling me, Yeah, liner didn't look great, <laughs> and I was like, Man, that's who I want though, that's who I really because Leinert was the. I mean, he was the man at USC. Like, he was See, killing was, it. Yeah, I was all team and, Reggie Bush. But uh, anyway, once they got Drew, and then look, it was just the perfect storm. I mean, that 2006 team, they just, they brought they in guys like Scott Fujita off the scrap heap who really just played above and beyond. And it was an amazing run. And remember, they, they get all the way to the NFC Championship game, then losing to Chicago. But there was that run that Reggie breaks off. And he turns around and waves to Brian Erlacher as he's going in the score, and it was like, oh, maybe shouldn't have done that. And yeah. then it almost just fired up the Bears, and Drew wasn't fair. But but that season just gave you hope. It was like, oh my god, we went from the wor- one of the worst teams in the NFL the year prior, get rid of Aaron Brooks and Jim Haslett and that whole error, and turn it around pretty quickly with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And, uh, you know, and then 07 wasn't was wasn't all that great. And 09 wasn't all that, or 08 wasn't all that great. But it set the table for 09 where they just made, you know, all the right pieces were there. And Re- Reggie was very much a part of that team. Now, look, Pierre Thomas came in and, you know, uh, speaking of off the scrap heap, a guy who came out of nowhere and helped become uh, one of the, the key backs in that backfield. But uh, Reggie had his moments certainly, against Arizona in the playoff game. Yeah. He was great. And so – you know, look, he'll always be remembered as as part of that, that team that helped the Saints win the Super Bowl and
2: I think he'll always be beloved as a as a New Orleans Saint. Anybody that's part of a championship team anywhere is always going to be that way. And look, yes, it wasn't to the level that you wanted overall when you took him back then, but like you said, he had plenty of key moments, he had plenty of good seasons. They just didn't have all the pieces around him that you needed for a player like that, like we're watching right now with Kamara. Um, but overall, it's not an unsuccessful career. I mean, he was a successful player in the league for a yeah. long time.
0: And so, uh, yeah, you're excited for Reggie, and I think he's going into TV now,
2: and he'll be taking it. A... He'll be sorry, he'll be very good on TV. Yeah. He's well-spoken. He's always been well-spoken. He'll do good there. He might be as good as Matt Leiner, which to me is actually crazy. I think Matt Leiner's pretty good on TV. Yeah. I never thought that would happen. I, I, I've really come to like Romo, too. I, I, oh, I think he's fantastic. I, I hate to say he's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard not to be an upgrade over Phil Sims because that guy's just a mumbling idiot. <laughs> Bumbling? or Is it mumbling or mumb- whatever? Bumbling? Whatever. He's dumb. He said dumb stuff all the time, him and his big old hair. Rich Gannon said something stupid on the broadcast yesterday. I was like, did you, what are you saying, Rich Gannon? I don't Gannon? know if it, was, if it was this weekend or last weekend because I was sick and I've been in bed. Did you see the video of Dick Stockton reading the promo or the graphic? Then read bottom of graphic here. Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's pretty great. I love, I love that moment.
0: All right, uh, let's do this. Why don't we break a little bit early. Actually, real quick, let's hear what uh, Sean Payton was asked about uh, about Reggie Bush. Here were his thoughts yesterday. Listen, proud of him. You know, he had a real good career. He uh, was real instrumental in what we did, uh, you know, winning and uh, having the success we had. And, uh, you know, I, you're proud of him. He's, he was our first draft pick, so... Um, I think he'll do well on TV. Yeah, so there you go, Sean Payton giving some props to do Reggie well Bush. I've still got I've got not one but two Reggie Bush jerseys. I got a black one and a white one.
2: Do we think he really actually gave that Heisman trophy back? Yeah, I think he did. He had to.
0: He gave I him love a paper
2: mache one that he made in his garage. <laughs> I, I love that. Give me back that trophy that we all still know you won. Still, the I best
0: accidentally part, broke it. The best part of Reggie Bush, he dated Kim Kardashian, and then they broke up, and he started dating a girl who looked like Kim Kardashian and got her pregnant.
2: Everybody's so. got a type, Gordy. It's just it's funny. I'm wrong with having a type? So he went from Kim Kardashian
0: to a girl who looked just <laughs> like Kim Kardashian.
2: It was Kim K. Light, you know, minus yeah. the drama.
1: He's
0: probably less dumb, too. All right, let's let's uh, let's grab uh, our last time out of the morning. We'll come back. We're going to catch up with Andrew Lopez, touch on some LSU recruiting with him. It's a monster week for LSU with the early signing period. they got to lock up some of these guys and figure out what they're doing with the numbers as they're starting to get a little thin here with uh, as the recruiting goes on. It's Chris Gordy Show. Stay there.
2: Back to the Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280, New Orleans.
0: All right, welcome back in. Chris Gordy's show here on a Monday. Saints with a big win over the Jets. Not really a big win. It's got to win number 10. That's what's important. Because it means we're going to be shaving uh, Larry Holder's head here in the next couple weeks. I just got uh, Bavada sent the latest college football odds. We'll get to that before, uh, before we get out of here. But right now, I thought we would talk a little on the uh, recruiting front as LSU... It's got their early signing day coming up on Wednesday for a lot of teams. This is this is new in the world of college football. And it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. With uh, you know how many how many guys LSU gets in in the early signing period and that they don't have to worry about come February. Join us now to talk a little bit about that and much much more. Is our guy Andrew Lopez from Nola.com? Andrew, what's going on, man? Good morning.
1: Uh, good morning, man. Nothing much. Just uh, trying to figure out this new signing day. I think a little bit just like. LSU is, and uh, how many people are going to sign? How this is going to work? And uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes on on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday.
0: It, it is crazy because yeah, it's like a it's a seventy two hour window, and so it's it really gives the kids some flexibility here. But I, you know, from a perspective of I, I like it in that if this kid is solid, he knows where he wants to go. Why not give him the opportunity to to just make it official? and, 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 you know, hey, I'm coming to LSU. I give you my word. Let's lock it in now. We don't have to drag this thing out for another couple of months. What are you hearing uh, the latest on on LSU? Uh, I know the number is 25 guys they can bring in. Where are they right now numbers-wise, and who are some of the big names to keep an eye on this week that will be uh, making their decisions that could be picking the LSU Tigers?
1: Well, Well, let's start with how many guys they have committed right now. They have 20 guys committed for the class of 2018, which leaves them about five spots left. Uh, I would expect nineteen 18 or 19 guys to sign on Wednesday. Possibly uh, the one commit that's kind of up in the air right now is our Darius Washington, a cornerback from Evangel. Uh, it looks like TCU is making a push for him. Uh, he'd probably be the only guy that I think would... Not sign this week. Um, you you also have to look at Terrace Marshall, another guy from the Shreveport area, from Parkway, a five star wide receiver. Uh, he's also looking to enroll early, and uh, Terrace uh, is going to make his announcement on Friday. Thinking about two two o'clock or three o'clock on Friday afternoon. He's a five star guy, five star wide receiver. Uh, it's very possible that Terrace will commit to LSU, uh, giving them the twenty. Uh, or 21 that they have for the early signing period
0: so i'm looking down the list right now of a lot of the guys that they got in and they've got a lot of three-star recruits in here and look you got to fill out your recruiting class and you got to bring in guys at positions of need and all that but do you think they regret it all taking some of these these guys uh, or, or racking up on a lot of these guys and kind of limiting yourself here with the early signing period and then come February in that there's some big dogs out there, four- and five-star guys, that you could kind of put yourself in a corner here and not have enough room to, to sign some of those guys.
1: Yeah, I think there's maybe one or two guys in this class that they'd uh, maybe like to back away from at this point. But I, I'll tell you this. What they've done with this recruiting class, and it's kind of showed something that they did last year, uh, they're finding guys to fit their systems now instead of kind of, taking the the highest guys that they can get and then trying to make those guys fit. So look at a guy like Zach Sheffer. Then, you know, they need more H backs. They go out and get a good H back in him. Uh, Tate province is another guy who's a speedy guy who is not gonna light it up in, in camp settings, but he can, he can play football. So, you know, maybe, maybe there was a couple of those guys. Jaquan Griffin was one of those guys who, who was since decommitted, and maybe uh, they were taken to get some other kids. But uh, ultimately, I think what what they're doing is basically the the final four or five guys that they're going to get are all going to be high four and five star athletes, and they're they're kind of putting themselves in position to basically to to try and get those guys, and they're going to have The all out full court press in January and February, or that first week, to, to make sure that they get those guys.
0: What are you hearing with uh, Patrick Sertan? Um, you know, we had his dad on the show a couple weeks back, and you know, sounded like he was full on board with, with LSU. and uh, The kid has liked LSU for a really long time and uh, you know, wants to follow in the footsteps of the likes of Patrick Peterson and guys like that. But uh, really, haven't heard anything else with him. Is he a going to make an announcement here in the next week, or is he going to wait till the till February? And two, and where is LSU on his list of schools?
1: Uh, right now, I still think LSU is number one on his list. Uh, I would be surprised if he goes anywhere else. Uh, I'm fairly sure he is going to announce at the U at the U.S. Army All American Game. So he'll he'll announce rather uh, rather soon but but he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be after this early period. Um, but he he's one of those guys that they're going to make sure that they get. I think he's the number 5 player in the country on some websites. Uh, he's they're going to they're going to make sure that they get in and that's kind of where things are going to start to to, to shake out with that with that next group of 5 and and it's going to start off with him. And if, if they're able to knock down Sertan and they're able to knock down Terrace Marshall, that right there are two of the top 12 players in the country, and that's going to make that that, uh, that ranking go up from about 13th or 14th to you know somewhere in the top five. I mean, uh, top 10 possibly into the top five.
0: ton of old linemen, some linebackers. I mean, they, they've got a lot of different positions here in this recruiting class, but the one that everybody continuously talks about at LSU is quarterback. Are they going to bring in a quarterback in this class
1: and if so, uh, who do you think they have a good shot at? You know what? Right now it's looking more and more like they don't bring a quarterback into this class, which is which is kind of scary. Um, you would have liked to see them get at least one because you're going to go in the next year with Miles Brennan, Lowell, Narcisse, and you might not have uh, – you know, Caleb Lewis is leaving. Justin McMillan is a prime candidate to transfer. So you're, you're going to need to have some guys – it, just to throw the ball, uh, they're going to make another push for for Justin Rogers. They're making a push right now for James Foster, uh, but I, I just I'm not sure if they, they get one. And if they do, it'll probably be James Foster. But at this point, it's looking like where where does he fit in the numbers? Because you're still looking to try to get Rummels, Jamar Chase. You still want to get uh, probably another cornerback you probably want to still get sacked uh, Kelvin Joseph out of Scotlandville that's your five right there if you're 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 getting certain and terrace so uh, things are going to going to get going to get dicey with these numbers and uh you know if they get a quarterback i think it's going to be James Foster but i'm i'm not completely sold that they actually bring him on campus
0: it is interesting uh, to see how this is all going to play out with this numbers game in the early signing period. I think we're all kind of interested to see how it plays out, and uh, he'll be covering it, of course, for you all week long on NOLA.com. He is Andrew Lopez. Andrew, thanks so much for jumping on with us, man. I really appreciate it.
1: No problem. Thanks, man.
0: All right, we'll talk to you again soon. Andrew Lopez, NOLA.com, covering uh, LSU and the recruiting angle and does a, does a tremendous job with them. And uh, maybe he'll have a hand in the uh, in holding the razor that shaves Larry Holder's head here in the next couple weeks, as the Saints got win number 10 yesterday, and that means that Larry Holder has to pay off on his bet with Jeff Duncan and crew, and that he didn't think the Saints would get the 10 wins, they did, so now Larry will be shaving his head. Not today, but uh, somewhere here in the next couple weeks, and we're super excited about that. Uh Duncan holder are coming up next following us i'm sure they'll be discussing that they'll be giving their thoughts on the game from over the weekend and much much more so uh, again if you missed our uh, conversation there with andrew lopez we'll have that up on the podcast sports 1280.com and on the free iHeartRadio app just search chris gordy on the iHeartRadio app and you'll find our podcast right there and everything you missed from the show today you can find there we got a big show the rest of the week coming up here on sports 1280 we're going to Catch up with Jason McIntyre from the Big Lead. We've got uh, we're going to catch up with our buddy Carl Dukes who covers the Atlanta Falcons, uh, previewing Saints Falcons this weekend. We have got a whole lot of stuff we're going to get to throughout this week, so uh, it's going to be fun as we count you down to uh, the Christmas holiday coming up this weekend. But the Saints can't take any time off. This is their big one, their biggest game of the year coming up this Sunday with the Falcons, and they'll be out on the field tonight playing the Bucks. So we'll certainly be watching that one. We'll react to that one tomorrow morning right here on the Chris Gordy Show. For Michael Conner, David DeCorpier, I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Again, keep it locked right here. Duncan Holder coming up right after this. Sports 1280
1: New Orleans.